2: Yes, who is this mystery man in the background?
3: I prefer to go by Batman, but, you know.
2: you got to say it a little deeper, you. I'm Batman.
3: I'm Batman. I'm Batman.
2: <laughs> Where are the drugs? <laughs>
3: that, that's more of a modern Batman, I guess.
2: <laughs> At least you haven't failed this city.
3: <laughs> yeah. How are you guys doing?
2: We are doing good. So, so we're pretty much talking about how, and and I know immediately you're gonna latch onto this one because this is right up your alley. But how your writing in uh, short story form, no, novel form, novella form supports your RPG. Oh
3: yeah, I, I, uh, man, it's been such a long time since
1: I've talked to you guys. It's so much stuff has happened in between. Um, <laughs> How have you, if you survived if you listen to the if you listen to the first half of this podcast you can catch up. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: right. <laughs> yep, indeed. Do <laughs> we have, have to record to part two here. at we the end of the week? <laughs> yeah, right.
3: <laughs> I um it's just it's it's because that's actually a lot of been what's going on with me. Um I uh I just signed a contract for about fifty pages to you know, right in a um it's it's a D um like a third party D D kind of adventure. It's it's the they do their own world. It's called uh GUI Cube. And uh mm-hmm. so shout out to them and Dr. Goo. Yeah Alphineus Goo. He's a, he's a really cool guy. Um mm-hmm. but uh they have this really cool world called Sathura and Uh, it's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's really deep. Um, they hire artists for every monster. They have their own monster manual, their own maps of very detailed maps of cities and lore. It's crazy. Um, and so they'll be hiring me to do that, uh, based off of what we, what the topic of today is, which is kind of going over how our short story writing kind of, um, bleeds into our our lore and our overworld storytelling. Um, I think John, you read part of my uh, series, my short story yes. on um, the robots.
0: Yes, I remember Evan. Yes.
3: Yes. So that and a short module I wrote called Knights and Dolls uh, yes. got me the contract. It was really nice. I've I've been running a d and D group at uh, Tucson Games and Gadgets. We 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 have like fifty people a week. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've been using a lot of that to do exactly that. Kind of bleed, you know. Kind of uh, expand my own universe by sort of kind of dropping little bits of my universe into the D and D
0: world. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I, uh, I, by the way, b- before I forget completely, I just wanted to say to everybody, here's a good stock tip. <laughs> uh, T the TSR that started that, uh, well, Gary Gygax and David Arneson invented D and D through TSR, they were bought out by wizards of the coast, which was then bought out by Hasbro back around mm-hmm. 2000. And, uh, Hasbro uh, – now, uh, Disney is uh, – uh, there are all sorts of rumors that Disney is trying to take over Hasbro. Uh, di- the Disney Corporation, they have this uh, insatiable desire to uh, control every game and control everything that ch- children would want. <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> they're the best uh, Pokemon players out there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I would I would suggest to everybody, if you want to support D&D – Buy Hasbro stock. (laughs) All all
1: I have to say to that is if there are any Hasbro acquisition officers out there listening to this podcast right now, you (laughs) can find me at ACAfterCollapse.com, and uh, I I, I can imagine some very big numbers, so
0: please give me a call.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you bring that up. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was uh, going to pitch my website, but go ahead, Evan. No, please, please go ahead. Well, uh, my my website again. Uh, I absolutely. Uh, the uh, my website again is uh, dmpalomar.us2.authorhomepage.com. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and of course, I might as well throw mine in there before we throw in uh, the creative.
2: You, you better know, throw yours in there, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we're looking at www.paradigmloststore. That's P-A-R-A-D-I-G-M Lost Store.com And uh, we're actually going to be moving into our summer season with our summer recipes of dice. And I've got a new rogues tower. It's a lock and key tower that opens up when with the, the right key. You can also lock pick it if you want. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that, John, because uh, so when When Wizards of the Coast bought TSR, they actually declined to buy a lot of their logos. In fact, they declined to purchase just about everything other than um, the name and some of the classic monsters and some of the mechanics. But uh, as we all know, Gygax sort of retained a lot of that D20 system. And that's why a lot of people can play in a D20 system, but it's not D&D hmm Um, but all of that stuff is back on the market, and Ernie Gygax, his son, yes. might actually buy back TSR. And uh ask me how I know this stuff.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Gosh, Evan, how do you by chance know this?
2: <laughs>
3: um, I sent some samples of my stuff over to uh to Ernie, and he's a really great guy. They're actually doing tours, so again, another shout out to Ernie Gygax and the uh, Gygax Museum that is up in Wisconsin by Lake Geneva. And yeah, the Dungeons Hobby Shop, I believe Uh, they have a website. You should check them out, too. Mm -hmm. They uh, they have they have some cool stuff. But um, I was really they have a a video, uh, a tour video where, Mm -hmm. you know, people are are you know, rolling dice on the monument to put some mojo in their dice, you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's such they they actually um part of the tour is they do like a, a family style dinner at the mm. at the house next door. And that's where people can stay and stuff, but you do this family style dinner and then you go all go and you play a session with Ernie Gygax in in the house that, that D awesome. was made. It's awesome. I I would love to go there sometime, but, um,
0: yeah, I would too. I, 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 I used to go to Gen Con when it was still in, uh, in Wisconsin, but, uh, uh, but yeah, the, I've never actually been to Lake Geneva. I hear they are building that monument you mentioned. So it is completed. Yes. So
3: it's totally finished. And, what? um, they, they've, they do Gary Con there, I believe. Yep. And, uh, I sent some, uh, prize dice uh prize support up there
2: (laughs) nice
1: um
3: uh, so it's uh definitely something i'm really excited to to be involved with because i mean i would love to be part of tsr coming back
0: (laughs) i would also say evan that i loved what i read of your material i thought it was splendid writing and uh i'm i'm eager to read more of what you're writing and uh uh, I just hope you keep reading more of what I'm doing.
3: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes, I actually I have to get some some of your books. Actually, <laughs> I said I would, and I remember my promises. <laughs> they but they have to be signed. Of course. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, that's that's one thing why I love my publisher. She believe she believes very much in print on demand. What does that mean? No one, no one wants to pile a thousand copies of their books in their bedroom, and you know have to move around them all the time. So <laughs> if you if you if you get your books printed like I do, I look for a printer that prints on demand. Like I call them up and say, hey, I need a hundred copies of each of my books for a big major Comic Con coming up. And oh, sure, we'll have that ready for you in a week. You know, like, and then uh, then. I use that uh, until I start getting low again and then uh, I just call them again like I I some people are like, "Oh, but it's much more affordable if you buy 1,000 or 2,000 or 5,000 copies of your each book uh and then you can keep them." And I'm like, "Yeah, and then then your house or your apartment is full of stacks of books."
2: And and, <laughs> and that's good marketing on bugs. their oh, side. Oh yeah. Yeah. Their job is yeah. to sell books, so uh uh-huh. they're, they're marketing you at that point. <laughs>
0: right. And uh, all I all I can say is that uh, Evan, I'm I'm very impressed with your work, and I love your dice too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been hard work. It's uh, it, everything's been crazy. Now that the conventions are coming back, and that's, yes. that's where the money makers are. I think we can all agree with that.
2: Mm. Mm-hmm. that and it's where the fun is is getting to actually meet and socialize with folks again you know that's that's the biggest thing i'm looking forward to it's like i joked with some of my convention friends that you know maybe before the cons start up we just all hang out at a hotel to hang out because you know that's what that first con is going to be like we're going to miss the entire con all the Mm -hmm. panels all the vendors area because we're all just hanging out with each other again re-socializing
0: right so I'm going to get shot for saying this, but you know what I miss most about the Comic-Cons, and I can't wait for them to start up again? Cosplay. I have seen magnificent costumes and outfits from every genre you can think of at at, uh, Comic-Con events. I love the the custom-made costumes. They're just incredible. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, we've been doing some of the virtual conventions and, and that's one thing you don't see is nobody's nobody's doing that three month build up to get a costume ready for the con to go show it off and you know, do that right. whole takes three hours to walk across the floor because you're stopping every five steps to get pictures taken.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep.
2: There's, oh, there's, man. there's a reason why it's cosplay for the wind.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um well Anyway, uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you, Jim, uh, I was wondering, um, do you think, uh, do you believe that a lot of uh, Comic-Cons will finally be reopened in 2021? Or do you think we're really looking at 2022?
2: I'm thinking 2022, like mid-year on, is probably going to happen. But I think everyone is still... Scared to commit financially because yeah. i know a few cons that they got hurt really bad last year because the venues would not let them out of the contracts even though yeah. the venue legally couldn't open because of closure they wouldn't honor the contract or at least do the cool thing which is okay don't worry about this year you're paid up for next year which would yeah. be the cool thing to do because yep. you know I know I know a few cons that have gotten that treatment, which was great because that's that's the right thing to do. I mean, that's that's the Um, honorable thing to do from their point of view. Of like if I can't write you a check because, let's be honest, venues, they cash that check as soon as they get it. And it's spent for the budget And, and and they got hit hard, too. So it's one of those of, you know, but at least honor next year that it's an investment in the relationship
0: but right. that that's why I love, uh, um, the amazing conventions, especially amazing Las Vegas Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, this is almost amusing in 2019. The, the, the last day of the 2019 Comic-Con, I actually gave the the con master, or I call him the con father. Um, and, uh, Benjamin, oh, I'll come up with his last name in a minute, but, uh <laughs> I actually gave Benjamin the money in cash for my table for next year for 2020. Well, uh, when 2020 was canceled, and it looks like 2021 is being canceled, Ben is great. He's like, "Don't worry, John, you're all set for our next con." And I'm like, "Great!" <laughs> you know, so uh, shout out to the amazing conventions. They're 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 all over the country. And uh, uh, like, yeah, again, they're they always start with amazing, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, they're very they're very good about that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so that's.
1: I think I'd like to chime in on this and and definitely make the point. So, for everybody out there who has a table booked at a convention, if they kick the can down the road to next year, just uh, you know, uh, don't ask for a refund. Right. Just just accept your accept your place in uh, the, the 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 next year situation because, yeah, I understand. I, I totally get it. You know, there's a lot of small businesses out there that are working on really thin margins and the $300, 600 that you have invested in that convention slot right now in these difficult times that can help you stay afloat and yep. and, and by all means, if that's what it takes to plug the leaks, you know, buy, you know go go ahead and do it. But if you can remain solvent, think about the the, the 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 poor suffering convention promoters who have um you know 100 200 thousand dollars in hyperspace right now mm-hmm. they're right. living you know they 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 they're living on cheese and crackers they they walk to work so they don't have to put gas in the car and they're just hoping like hell that one more vendor doesn't can cancel out on them
2: exactly and, and that's the it, other half of the relationship that you know you're keeping that relationship fresh, you know. It's like, hey, I'm supporting you as well as you're supporting me, you know.
0: Yep. Exactly.
2: And that's, let's be honest, you know, it's as much as we like the cons. I mean, honestly, I think next year, we're going to see a lot of small cons coming back. Because I know a lot of the bigger cons, you know, have have had issues for the last few years. But we're going to see a lot of, like, two-day cons you know weekend cons happen and hopefully you know we, we we see some of the old you know friend cons you know started by a small board of friends that made a, a con for three to 500 people that you know we will see those still still happening right and of course you know virtual cons are good too i mean you get on discord or you get on skype or you get on zoom and you get to hang out with your friends
0: I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I love the podcast, James. You're an inspiration. I, uh, I, I, am always thrilled to, uh, be here and to chat. And to, again, I, I keep thinking Washington Weekend Review or uh, McLaughlin group. Okay, guys, <laughs> what will we, what will we debate about now? <laughs> I, I, I once saw, I once saw four adult men practically turn purple arguing over which, which, which are better for miniatures, plastic, lead, or steel?
2: <laughs> hey, there, there's lots of opinions on that one.
1: Oh, come on. Everybody knows pewter is the best.
2: Pewter is the purest. <laughs> you can lick it and your, your I like nose tingles. I, <laughs> I, pu, pu,
0: they, they say plastic is lighter and easier to carry and easier to paint. But pewter, I think they're, they're, they're just more durable and uh, they don't flop over every – time somebody stands up and just nudges the table yeah i i agree pewter, pewter miniatures are the way to go any thoughts there evan come on evan. i know you've got an opinion evan come on evan. Let's in fact, it, evan
3: in fact i do you peasants i prefer <laughs> silver
2: <laughs> says kidding. the jeweler um, in the group <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, um so being actually this being my profession uh, i do have uh, some opinions on it i prefer the 3d print sla printing for the detail um, when it comes to like the just plastic resins, uh, <clears throat> when it comes to paint ability and just the sheer, I, I like to hold this mini. The pewter is far superior in every yes. way. It also holds the paint, in my opinion, a little bit better. Uh, you don't need to, um, I don't know being it being metal, the tools that I have, I can modify them in the way that I need to, uh, where plastic is a lot harder to deal with. It, where, whatever you have in plastic, it's done. You, you can't modify that very much. When it comes to the metals, I can modify them in any way that I wish.
2: Yeah. And, and the pewter is one of those few ones that if it gets bent, you can bend it back. And it's, Other mm-hmm. than chipping paint, there's no problem with it.
3: Well, and, and I, with with soldering and things like that, I can actually rebuild things if they get too damaged.
0: Exactly.
2: Ah, uh, yes. the, the old hacking mod.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, yes, what, what 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 I would really like is to get a um a circumferential uh casting machine. They're scary as hell, but you basically you just get a mold, which I can make out of my 3D printed models. I could just make a wax mold, melt it out, and use the lost wax method to make miniatures. So, but what I need is that circumferential thing to kind of push the metal into the mold.
2: To ease it into all those nooks and crannies.
3: Yep. Well, the, the porosity is the worst part you get little things will burn in there and create gas, and it creates bubbles in the metal.
2: Well, then I you thought. just explain his chest cavity being gone is because he got blown <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. Just, just put some green stuff in it. It'll be fine. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, oh Evan, man, green stuff. So, Evan, let me ask for all the 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 game designers out there who are who are uh, busily building their pocket empires and I include myself in this category, by the way, um, suppose they want to have a line of miniatures in their future, because as I, am, as I myself am looking at my, my future merchandising opportunities, I don't see how I move forward without. Uh, uh, w- without a miniatures line in my future, I think if uh, if we forecast three to five years down the road, yeah. and I've got everything else in place except that, you know, I- I'm going to spend more time a- answering why why don't you have miniatures? I'm going to spend more time <laughs> doing that than I am, you know, putting out my next product.
3: Yeah, yeah, uh, and actually, what I really like about your game is what I like about BattleTech is there's There's just so many ways to personalize your personal tactics and how you fit into a group. Um, And yeah, that does, that does mean minis are going to end up being important because people couldn't be like, Oh, I want this mini, but with, you know, these, uh, forgive me. Um, you had a special night vision goggle, um, Mm-hmm. for your game but imagine that using those night vision goggles having them on a mini or a character characters from your your novel series
0: uh, mm-hmm. uh where
3: you want to go ahead
0: no I, I i i'm i i wanted to talk to you about something about that with uh, developing some miniatures for my uh, for for my from my characters in my books but we can talk about that another time <laughs>
3: Exactly. And so, well, actually, I was just about to go there is the first thing, the very first thing you want to do is find someone who knows how to model miniatures. So uh, there's so many specialized fields these days with just about everything. But one of the first things you need to do is before you start even thinking about manufacturing, you need to get your models done first. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be important on how you design those models, depending on how you're manufacturing them. Certain features or details or um, really just even the way that the model stands is going to change how you're going to want to manufacture it. So 3D SLA printing is the the most common these days. That's what Wizards of the Coast does. It's the cheapest um, because most of the time you're, most of the money you're going to be paying out, is in the modeler, the person who's making the model. Right. Um, that's where the risk in the business venture is going to be, is paying that modeler, because you're going to be paying them maybe a hundred or $200 a model. If they're, if they're mediocre, if they're a really good modeler. You're probably going to be paying about $500 a model. Right. Um, and that's is there, a, is there a model. minimum order? Well, see, that's the thing is with artists, There's no minimum order with the artist. You're just like, I'm going to pay you 500 bucks. You go to somewhere else, someone else and say, I'm going to pay you 200 bucks for this. And you go to three or four artists and tell them that you need these models made. Um, And then when you go, that's when you go to the the manufacturer and you go to the manufacturer and you're going to tell them, OK, so I've got these models made. What do you how can you do that? And a lot of manufacturers, uh, the most common right now is Reaper. Reaper is the most uh, like for mass manufacturing. And honestly, they don't have a lot of different manufacturing methods than I do. So they just have a huge warehouse with lots of people, and that's mm-hmm. why that they can. That's why they can make a crazy amount. So if you're talking metal, what they're gonna do is is they're gonna do lost wax. Um, they're going to take what's known as a wax tree, and they're going to make this big old wax, like, pylon-looking thing. And they're going to attach wax models that made from yours. They're going probably going to 3D print them, 3D print the wax, and attach them to that tree, and it looks like a Christmas tree. Then they're going to put that inside some plaster and melt it down, and that's when they're going to throw in that um, pewter in a circumferential or a vacuum chamber. Then they clip off the, they clip each one off the tree and they either send it out or they paint it. Then there's SLA method, which is it's basically a vat of resin and it gets printed upside down, layer by layer, thousands of layers. Wow. I have, yeah, I have one, but I, I've got one myself. It's a cheap one. Um, <laughs> cheap being like four hundred dollars. Uh but the ten thousand dollar machines that like you know Reaper has, they can print out, you know, a thousand miniatures at once, no problem. It's just a, a huge vat of resin that is UV sensitive, that hardens when it hits that UV light. And then you get your minis and then they scrape them all off the plate. Uh they cure them in a post processor and then they send them out. Um, and so when you're, that's really the two methods that people are going to use these days, uh, is either SLA or the, the metal casting method.
1: And what Um, can you say about distribution?
3: So distribution is pretty much, that's a whole different animal. You have to have a distributor. You pretty much need, it's just like with books, you have to have a publisher. It's no different. You need a distributor. So typically, what you're going to have is you have to contact a distributor um, that works with different game stores, and they're they're going to require a minimum from you. That's where you start talking minimums. See, for for me, I'm a small manufacturer. I make custom handmade art, uh, and my I. Have Because I understand this stuff, I have a system where I can make hundreds or thousands, but if you're talking like tens of thousands within a couple weeks or a month, I'd be like, nope, I can't do that, uh, just because I don't have the manpower. I have the technology, and I have the understanding of how to do it. I just don't have the manpower to do it.
1: Right. Yeah, um, but be realistic. What's a small game company going to really be able to afford other than hundreds?
3: Exactly no, and that, and you're exactly right, that's actually why I'm able to survive as I do because if if you're already talking about the tens of thousands, then you're i mean you're you're already not going to be talking to me anyway you're going to be talking to somebody in China
0: yeah um, most likely. <laughs> um, well um. Oh, I, I just wanted to say that yeah uh, distribution like marketing books that's so it's always a lot harder than people of any than so many people are like oh I'm gonna write a book and everyone's gonna love it and it's gonna become a bestseller and it's like ah uh, no you need, <laughs>
2: you so, so you've you made a thing and now edited. you have to, you get need out. to get
0: that book marketed you need to get that book distributed uh, you know get in line with everybody else <laughs> yeah and and,
3: and honestly, uh, I don't know how you've experienced this, John, but I know you've experienced it a little bit. You gotta give out a lot of free stuff.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Um, but the uh, that's actually the reason why my business niche is serving smaller uh indie games because yeah. A, that's what's popular, and B, the bigger guys already have all that worked out. They're not, you know. I'm not going to become a manufacturer for Hasbro. It's not going to happen. that will never happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, well, but, hard to say uh, cover, but yeah, I
0: know what you mean. You have to be yeah. realistic.
3: Yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, it could, but more likely what's going to happen is, is I have to lean into that sort of, this is handmade art.
0: Mm-hmm. This is,
3: this is, st- here, here, I'm going to share the screen real quick. Can you guys see that?
0: Actually, guys, I can't believe we've been on, We've been on for like an hour and forty five minutes. So I may have to go yep. and look at that.
2: <laughs> We'll wrap up shortly, but but what I'm hearing is that AC after the collapse and Palomar needs some limited edition characters that you can use in your games.
3: Hey, absolutely.
2: <laughs> and oh. maybe
3: some uh you know, maybe some specialized dice or something. No, I'm not know
2: Well, you know what, you know what ACF of the therapy. Collapse I need, needs?
3: I need miniatures, yeah.
2: <laughs> ACF of the Collapse needs challenge coins.
3: Oh, you know what? That's actually a good
2: idea. See, challenge coins is what I see for Apocalypse, you know. Because that way it fits in, you know, just like with you know ACF of the Collapse. You know, every type of Apocalypse movie you want to make, you can make it with the games. So, you know, you could have mm. the, uh, here was our campaign against the machine. Here was our campaign against the disease.
0: Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I, I,
3: I, I think John should have a mage school, right? <laughs> That's a Patreon yep. that has different, you know, like, you know, like this is your 101 – you know course that he gets you get some of the basic books but you know if you're at the master's level course you know you get some, some sneak peeks at next at the next book i don't know just, what, yeah. if,
2: what if game master university was a 12-step program oh, <laughs> yes yes <laughs> right
0: right and uh well uh in in book four while most of the while well, most of the other faculty members at the game, Masters University, think it's sacrilege and heresy, their new science and technology um, d- uh, department is uh, really taking off. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it, uh, shall we play a game? Yes, let's play <laughs> interdimensional nuclear war. <laughs> Yay!
3: <laughs> here, I get these nukes. You get those nukes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I think it's sharing now. Is that yeah? Is that it's, right? it's,
2: it's showing. Yep.
3: Okay. Yep. Here, here. Check
0: this out. Ooh.
2: Dice tower with gears and the magic key. Oh.
3: <laughs> yeah. So that's that's like next season's thing. And and that's the thing. Is like I can make stuff like that. Uh, and design stuff like that, but the um larger the larger companies aren't gonna see something like that as uh, profitable.
0: yeah mm.
3: uh, where on my level it is profitable
2: yeah. and cool, you know <laughs> the important thing is it's cool very cool
3: yeah <laughs> having that unique selling point definitely helps.
1: So what do the distributors at your level? What do they what what do they think of as an acceptable number of units to move? Is it 200, 300, less than a thousand? What?
3: Uh typically the orders I get are usually about a hundred or two hundred. Uh and it's usually custom dice uh at that level. Um and I mean that's so I have to be my own distributor, pretty much. Um Because, again, a lot of the major distributors, if I say, like, hey, I want to sell my dice, they're going to be like, okay, well, I'm going to need about 10,000 of those dice to sell. And I'll be moving them to different, you know, FLGS stores across the country. Uh, And that's why they need so many of them. Because they're not going to make any money. Mm -hmm. They They make money. And the more stock they have, the more money they make. Um, So they want you, and that's why it's so difficult to get into the distributing part, is because distributors want you to have enough to give to multiple stores so that they can make an income. And so uh, at my level, what I do is I have to be my own distributor, and I've contacted various stores. I have a couple in Texas. I've got a couple stores here in Arizona. Um, but I only, you know, move about uh, 10 units each store. Now, the problem I'm having now is is that I can't keep them stocked, is I'll make a couple sets, I'll give them to them, and they're gone the next day. Hmm. Um,
2: See, on the so, plus side, I'm hearing that's a great marketing angle, limited time only.
3: So that's actually exactly what I did. Um, part of the issue that I was having is because I'm also I do custom stuff is I was having to stop production to make custom things and then make more custom things and then make custom stock. It wasn't working. So what I did was is I standardized my stock so that uh, into seasons. So I just had my spring season. So that was a bunch of sort of emerald like dice. They were kind of clear. They had gold in them. The, uh, the star Wars dice that I was making were called the Endor series, Mm -hmm. uh, because they all looked like Endor, you know, like (laughs) the spring environment. And so, uh, summer is going to be like fire and lava. So I've got the lava, uh, dragon lava dice coming out and, um, some beach dice as well. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, they, they change under hot water, so if you uh, if you they'll look like night and sand, and then when you put them under the water, it'll look like day daytime and sand. Or <laughs> when you spill your coffee. That too.
2: That too. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I also yeah. just came out with uh, I call them bad dice or big ass dice. Um, <laughs> yeah, they uh, they're they're about the size of a baseball.
0: Wow. So huge.
1: <laughs> Now you think you 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 may think I'm I, I'm I'm kidding, but I, I'm I'm going to give you a hot tip right now. Um, there's a a good friend of mine who is the editor and publisher of Accessible Games Quarterly, and part of what all that is is that is role play, that is a magazine dedicated to role playing games and the disabled people who love them. And uh, one of the things that they talk about in this magazine, and uh, I know this because I've written several articles on the subject for them, is unusually large dice for the visually impaired. Mm Mm-hmm. Now over the years, I have collected uh, maybe about half a coffee can's worth of uh, of unusually large dice. So I I got them all. I got I, I've got a I've got a D four that you can you, you can kill somebody with. It's that big. So <laughs> you know you got D D twenties the size of an avocado pit. And and and, and while we're having while, while we're having fun ab- about this, the fact is that. Um, you know just just as an example you find the right publication you could market you know those uh, you know, extra large dice to the community that uh, would love to buy them
2: definitely that
1: is a hot tip and i didn't even
3: think of that i'm so glad that you mentioned that
2: (laughs) because you know gamers come in every style and type i mean i know a lot of folks that because of arthritis they don't really like the tiny tiny dice they like the bigger chunkier dice you
1: know Mm -hmm. yes i I just like big chunkers if you if you said a big chunky dice yeah if you drop me an email, I will give you insider details.
3: Excellent. I was actually just about to, to do that. I was going to take a picture of uh, all of the, the prototypes for the uh, – or the masters for the big dice. And I, I'll send them to you just for fun. And But,
1: yeah, if you could send me that, that would be great. I'll shoot them an email. Absolutely. See, folks? There you go. This is Commerce in Action. <laughs> And because because this podcast will live forever, this becomes a slice of history. So if you ever wondered where in the hell did that come from, Evan Cook is the guy to blame, and yeah. now you know where to find him. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: true. That or evidence. would they be blaming yep. you?
2: <laughs> but see that that is you know the important thing of us us talking about everybody's cool stuff. That's. That's how these things spread, you know, is the marketing angle of we tell somebody, hey, I know people who want this or I know people who've made this is merely by marketing cool ideas back and forth with friends. This is how we get stuff out there. I mean, if you're looking for a cool dice tower that requires a key to open it, because that's just cool. I mean, come on tell me that somewhere there's not a escape room that doesn't need something like that to be made. You know, as much as I'd love talking about writing and RPGs and escape room would love that type of, you know, specialty item.
3: Oh, absolutely. And so, that's just the thing is I really have to work on my marketing really bad. <laughs> I have to work on like, uh, cause the thing is, is what I can do I know that there's a huge market for, cause I could do just about anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, that it's a full-time job just on its own.
3: It is just marketing. I, I'm, I'm always stuck between either I can choose to market today or I can choose to make stuff today. You know, it's, uh, it's difficult.
2: And, and speaking of marketing, before we leave, uh, where can folks find you guys on the social media circuit? See how I throw the limiter out there?
0: (laughs) Okay. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I have several groups, including my my, uh, Palomar and Adventures LLC. That's my marketing company for my books. Uh, Of course, my name, John Paul Reed, R-I-E-D. And you can find me on my brand-new Fancy Dancy website that I've mentioned a couple of times, Mm -hmm. DM Palomar, P-A-L-A-M-A-R. Dot, uh, period, or dot US2, that's number two, US2, two, dot authorhomepage.com. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you can also find me on Amazon as well.
3: Excellent. Um, as for me, I've got Instagram, I've got Facebook, I also have uh, a website, as I mentioned before. All you got to do is just... I have a pretty unique name, so P A R A D I G M. That's paradigm, and uh, it's Paradigm Lost is the the business name, and you can uh, you can see what I'm up to, all my different experiments, all my all my mad science on any of that stuff. Very and,
2: cool. And hopefully we'll get a uh, another issue of the uh, Enclave Monthly, right? hmm
3: So. Uh, you know, I was getting a lot of backlash from that, but I think it was just some trolls that were on my Kickstarter. If there really is interest in that, I
1: will bring it back.
2: I- I'm hoping you bring it back. That's just me. I'm just yes, sir.
1: Look, and if you okay. really wanna go if you really wanna go to the go to war with those trolls, you just get back to me. I'll write something really spicy and then <laughs> I, I I just give them their money back. <laughs> I was like, I've got Wait. no trouble with go. I, I, I've got no trouble going toe to toe with trolls. They 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 don't frighten me because anybody who has to use a screen name to say something trashy about my work a doesn't really know what I do. B doesn't know you know, doesn't actually do what I do. C doesn't live in my area. So C D D they'll never lay a hand on me. So. Right. that's and, true but, that is very and
2: true. don't forget a lot of clickbait sites use trolls as marketing
1: that's yeah, true let, well, actually, you, can, you, can, you can make the trolls work for you if somebody not that i would know who but if somebody <laughs> would uh, write something spicy for you then you know you can always say hey look and it's not my fault the guy's nuts <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah right <laughs> right
3: yeah. i um yeah, I just I gave her her money back. I was like, you know, it, it you don't deserve my dice. Oh. <laughs> it's uh Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, and and we'll throw it out there. Uh the best way to find Paradigm Lost is uh Paradigm Lost LLC on Google because without the LLC, it doesn't come up on Google cuz Google sucks.
3: Yeah, it's it's true. Or if you just put it in store Mm-hmm. Um it, it's because there was a movie called Paradigm Lost and it's a surfer movie and they're oh. they're desperately trying to get their money back on it
1: S- silly Google. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can make mine a lot easier for everybody because if you type in ACAfterCollapse.com, it's the very first thing that comes up on the page. It doesn't matter if you use Google or AltaVista or even DuckDuckGo. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 it's right there. And not only will you find our whole product line and our YouTube channel and our blog, but uh we've also got free stuff to give away. Evan was talking about how it's important for you to give away stuff. Well, we mm-hmm. got a whole truckload of free PDFs for you to download all the bathroom reading you could ever want.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Same here all of my um all of my materials are going to become free soon, so
0: i can't I can't do free, but i' I'm very eager to come out with my uh PDF novella. That will be free. And uh, I'll send it out to everyone. And if they read it and like it, then, ooh, look at all these books you can buy by the same author. You know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, um, I employed oh, my mind control device. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: I love the sound effect. <laughs> it, it,
2: it reminded me of the dolphin speak in Hudson Hawk. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> it reminded me of... Uh, Aquaman. Even though I know John is more of a Namor guy.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Namor, the sure.
2: old-fashioned Justice Friends, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fine, I'll,
1: I'll, 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 I'll trump all of you and go back to George C. Scott, Day of the Dolphin in 1970. How's that? Oh wow! There we you go. You win. We, that, we bow that's down. That's some deep cuts right there. <laughs>
2: All right, guys, I got to say it's been great having you on. We got to do more of these because, you know, 2020 messed everything up. But we definitely have to get together and hang out some more. Uh,
3: Speaking of which, um, I did want – before we all go, I did want to uh, – you can edit this part out if you want. Or maybe it's a sneak peek. I don't know.
2: I did
3: want to talk to you guys about this um, GM survival guide I want to run as a podcast. That basically, it's just kind of a regular podcast where a bunch of experienced GMs just kind of shoot the breeze under kind of the focus of different episodes will be different things.
2: <laughs> so, like,
3: I have, I, I do have it all kind of written out. I was going to share it with you guys. I have, hold on, I have, it's written.
2: I was going to say, don't say so, anything too secret yet. <laughs>
3: I have seven episodes written, and the first one is called So You Want to Be a GM. <laughs> <laughs> and what that is, what's this designed for is, is I want it to be for people who haven't GMed before. Um, it's kind of a two-pronged thing just to be fun to put online. But oh, I have, like, I run a group of GMs, and all the time I get these questions. They're very basic questions, and I often repeat myself. So I thought, hey, this would be, like, a great, like, boot camp.
0: You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yes, <laughs> I, I started a group on Facebook called the Dungeon Master's Secret Society. Yes, <laughs> yes. And, I'm, and yes. That, that's, that's exactly what we do. <laughs>
1: whenever <laughs> I have
0: a question, whenever I go, God, a player is trying to tell me that a good perception role can do anything a, a rogue can do, like find and detect traps. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs>
3: so I'd, I'd love to, the, you know, I'd love to meet up with you guys again and, and, and run that. Um, and it does go a little in depth, you know, like, like it goes into the history of it. I actually did some really deep dives on a lot of this stuff. You know, for instance, like the first time we had role playing in China in the Han Dynasty, where they did <laughs> his, quote unquote, historical reenactments in
1: 200 BC. <laughs>
2: yes. Hey, you know, it's 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 a thing.
0: I'll
1: give you a piece of advice for this. <laughs> yeah. Just as just as a recommendation, put write the book. Yes, uh, I, I, I'm serious about this. Before you ever do the podcast, write the book, have it queued up, ready to publish, and then do your podcast and you do, all, do, do, do all the episodes of the podcast, have them cleaned, have them polished, and and, and have them prepped so that your your book and your podcast – can launch at the same time so that whenever you are on anybody's podcast, like like this one here, you can say, my book, blah, blah, blah. And if uh, you don't like to read, then there's always the podcast where you can find blah, blah, blah. Right. And in today's world, um, when I look at my crystal ball, I see in the future, more books will need to have uh, uh we'll, we'll need to have related podcasts. And the thing is, for the dollars you spend to launch the book and the dollars you spend to la- 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 launch all the episodes of the podcast – uh, you will be surprised at what you do not have to spend after that to market the thing because the two will support each other. And as they're tagged and flagged within the search engine matrices of Google and Amazon, uh, you'll make the big corporations work for you.
3: Hmm, that's actually pretty wise. I will, I will take that into consideration because it's, you know, I wouldn't mind turning this into a. It's it's there's a lot there.
1: (laughs) Yes. And besides, when you're done, I would also love to just chat with you guys about uh, it. When you're done, for the rest of your life, whether you're on a radio show, whether you're on a podcast, or whether you're dining out at a restaurant somewhere, you can say, blah blah blah, and I should know because I'm the guy who wrote the book. Yeah. You're
2: right. <laughs> that alone is worth it. That, <laughs> yes,
0: my, I have to do it. Because that my, alone. That's my advice to everybody. Write. I yeah. know sometimes it's a pain in the butt when you're tired, worn out. And you just get back from work, but you got to sit down and you got to write. People ask me all the time, "How do I write a book?" Well, very simple. I come up with my smashing climactic ending like here's where I want to end right and then I just start at the I start at the beginning with the characters and I build everything toward that ending <laughs> and uh, some sometimes sometimes I come to a climactic thing well before the end but it ties in perfectly with the end because that's where I'm headed and I mean forgive me Justin I mean again the game systems, they don't matter because everybody has their own game system they use out there anyway. Why reinvent the wheel, right? Write the book, right? Just write yes.
1: Now, the, the the I'm trying to stay locked on to the marketing point here because <laughs> Evan and I are in the same boat. We have large ambitions. We want to take over the world. We just have very small wallets. And yep. so, one of one of the things that you can do by way of marketing is to give yourself a credential. So, if Evan yep. Cook happened to write the uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the, you know, a book, you know, as technical as it might be, how to make dice, He has just given himself a credential. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you may know me from other podcasts. I have uh, been known to talk the occasional bit of conspiracy theory over the years, and some of you have even heard me on live radio in in, in a few places, and inevitably somebody asked me, how the hell do you know that? What makes you qualified to say that? I can just say, well, I am the guy who wrote the book on conspiracy fiction. And all of a sudden, you know, you you, you hear across the country, you hear 20,000 phones click, 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 click. Son of a bitch. Well, okay, all right. I guess he told me, didn't he? So. So, again, if you go back to this, uh, you know, the, 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 this Dungeon Masters boot camp thing, you write that book for the rest of your life. You are the guy who wrote the book, and that's mm-hmm. – you, you you'll never – even if you mortgage your house, you'll never be able to buy that kind of marketing. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's true. Like, it, it, it is true. Having that – in a way, it's like talking about legacy, you know? It's um, well, building a legacy.
0: Yes, I, I'm. I'm thrilled that 200 years from now, long after I'm gone and dead and forgotten even by my nearest and dearest, some graduate student at the Library of Congress is going to be, you know, recataloging, maybe imagery, imagery, photographing or scanning, and he'll come across my books and he'll look at them and say, "Wow, these look pretty cool." He might even uh, sneak sneak a scan copy for himself and share it with his friends, and I. I uh, believe me writing is immortality that's why I tell everybody right absolutely yeah <laughs>
3: yeah and but uh, to to touch a little bit on your on your point um is that uh kind of you know that that marketability like for what I was telling you before and I just didn't want to say it too much was, you know, hey, you know, I'm gonna have dice in the Gygax Museum. You can't buy that kind of product.
1: <laughs> oh you no, no, you 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 can't. And after it ha after it happens, I will owe you a cup of coffee someday. Yes. <laughs> I
3: I I can't wait. It's it's uh I have a meeting with them on June eighth. And he's uh, I think he wants to play a session of D&D with me, too. So very cool. Nice. I, I would be over the top. If that, <laughs> I, if that
0: I'm, I'm friend. I'm friends with uh, e, uh with Ernie Gygax on uh, on Facebook. Yes, uh, I I I offered to send him a copy of a book of mine <laughs> or two. And he, he he seemed amenable, but he said he had to wait until uh. You know, he, uh, he 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 politely politely put me off, but I, I I should do that again. And you're absolutely right. I I have to give away a lot of books to get people to see him. But oh, I, I
3: know it's true. It's true. But hopefully that free book that you give away ends up finding some you know somebody who knows other
0: people. Right. You know. Why and do you then, think of- why do you think I gave Sean Austin, AKA Sam wise Gamgee when I met him in an amazing Las Vegas <laughs> comic con, I gave him a copy of my, of one of my books, Nicholas Cage got another copy. Um, Oh yes. I, Oh yeah. That, that's what you do. <laughs> yep. 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 Yep.
3: Oh, well, Nicholas Cage probably really liked that. He likes stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope so. And, but I, hey, um, I just want to thank James, uh, Jim, for all of his hard work and uh, setting up this podcast for us, and all the, all, uh, and helping us, helping us sell, uh, giving us a platform to present our fund to everybody and say, hey, check us out, <laughs>
2: and hey, join in the fun. That's the important part, you know. I'm I mean,
0: just sorry for the mess you're going to have to clean
1: up after we're gone. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've
2: got a couple of days before Thursday, so it's okay. <laughs>
0: Wait a minute. You're not going to tell them about our conspiracy to – oh, I'm sorry. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. I'm just rambling.
2: That was edited out for your protection.
0: Yeah, Otherwise, we'd have to kill you.
2: Otherwise, there might be a knock at your door and social distancing has been broken.
3: Oh, no. (laughs)
0: Well – I'm tempted to make a comment along the lines of, well, good heavens, if she's pretty, uh, what's the problem? But I I don't want to get shot here, so I better not make that comment.
2: all guys so we'll go ahead and wrap it up because i know y'all got to take off and i know i got to take off
0: mm-hmm. and uh
2: it's definitely been great chatting with you guys again and we need to totally plan you know like one or two more times at least this month i'm thinking because oh, at the very least yeah. yes because because we definitely were chit-chatting at the very beginning of this you know quite a bit because damn so many things have been happening
0: my 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 schedule is the craziest, but I it looks like I'm gonna have Mondays and Tuesdays off. So uh, I I mean those are the perfect days for me to any any podcast. Yeah.
2: Okay, and then maybe if we get really lucky, we could actually get a game in on it sometime. You know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I, and that'd be awesome. I, hey, I'm running my game tomorrow. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Alrighty, guys. Thank you for coming on, and yeah, like you know, you are always welcome to come back anytime. And you know, we'll we'll see what we can set up schedule wise for the rest of the month.
0: God bless. Sounds good Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. All right, and All right. I, Evan.
1: I will reply to you as as soon as I can. Okay, okay. okay. sounds That's good. I, I expect
3: it, and I'll be uh, in touch with you guys as well. All
0: right. And Evan, I I still hope I still hope we can meet somewhere between between uh, Tucson and Phoenix. I do have some books for you. And uh, Justin, I I always please don't misunderstand me. I always enjoy our discussions. Uh, I I always take what you say and I think I I digest it and think about it carefully. And uh I hope we chat more. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was
3: really it was really good to talk to you guys. Sorry I was uh Let's see, so wizardly on time <laughs> if you know James, I mean
0: d- good heavens let, l- James, please let me know when Tuscan or Tucson Comic Con are starting up again. <laughs> All right,
2: cool. I have heard some insider chit chat that Tuscan may happen. I mean it's gonna happen regardless Ooh. online if not in person, but there might be some little thing happening we don't know yet.
0: Ooh.
2: Hopefully we'll hear more in a little while, but uh, I'll, I'll I'll let you know if I hear anything.
1: Oh, oh. Uh, I can't I, I can't promise anything, but I will tell you uh, just uh, just confidentially, uh, I think we're going to skip out on Arctic Comic Con this year here in uh, in Anchorage, and it's more than anything else uh, a cost saving measure. Mm-hmm. What I would like to do is. Uh, is I would like to get down to what we affectionately here in Alaska call the Lower 48 yep. for at least uh, for for at least one convention, and uh, I, I, I've I've kind of kicked the ball around a little bit with with Jim about this, and I think TuCon would really serve our purposes nicely for that. So uh, probably you know uh, no, probably in November, Jim, I'm going to start picking your brain about
0: next year. All right. I because... have I, I have some great news for everyone. Uh, Subotin Con uh, is our, going to be our
2: local anime con.
0: Yep, is going to be run, is going to be up and running September third through September sixth as a mm-hmm. real real con. That, that I'm I'm trying to see if I can get a vendor table now.
2: <laughs> so when yeah. you're doing anime, masks become really easy to become part of the costume.
0: Right. I know, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, it is an anime con, but guess what? I've got hey, I got pretty girls on my covers of my books. I'm going.
2: (laughs) Hey, I mean, I know a lot of folks that work the con as well as go to the con. It's not just anime; it's also game. You know, video games get brought into it. Books get brought into it. I know quite a few people who want role playing games happening there. So.
1: Yeah. Yep. Now I I mean. mean, while I'm thinking about it, Jim, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and if if in the course of what 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 you do to prepare for your conventions in your area, uh, if you want door prizes or or, or anything else like that. Oh, okay. Uh, I, you know, let 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 me know, and uh, and because I I can uh, as long as long as I have an address where I can send heavy boxes to, uh, mm-hmm. I I'd be I'd be glad to to send you stuff that uh, would probably be a real surprise to your community.
2: Uh-huh. And you know, I I t- one thing that Tuscan always does is the since it's pretty much 90% of the con is writers that they do have the swag table that if you have like promotional postcards, posters, stuff like that, that they have, you know, a spot to put those out to get a little marketing out there, which that was one I was going to mention, but I totally forgot about the marketing is, you know, at cons, see if they've got a swag table.
3: Absolutely. (laughs) Which by the way, if uh, the cons themselves need things, badges or Stuff like that, you let me know. Because I also do name tags and stuff like that.
2: Which personal tags are awesome compared to the regular con ones. Just saying
3: Right. Yeah. Well, no, I mean like if the if the con wants um like engraved name tags for their employees and stuff, that's what I mean. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Yeah. Ooh, wow. Like as I yeah, I do I do leather, I do plastic, um, I do metal, of course. So uh, any of that? If they need anything, let me know. And I also might be able to give pr- door prizes.
0: <laughs> ah. I, I've given door prizes before. Oh yes. <laughs> I, at some of the pinup events I've been to, some of some of the lovely ladies have won have won a won a copy of my books. <laughs> but hey, God bless you all. This has been wonderful. Let's do it again real soon. Okay. All right. Yep.
2: All right. You got all it, right. guys. All right. all right,
0: I'll be in touch with you, Jim, uh, later about this uh, about the recordings. Okay. All right, cool man. I'll be in touch with all of you guys. I hope. Please get in touch with me. Bye bye. My my flexibility
1: on scheduling is good, Evan. So if you want my participation, I'm in. Yes, please. I I need that smooth buttery radio voice. <laughs> I need it. <laughs>
3: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I can do it. And if you want a few character voices, I, I, I have, uh, I have been known to do that too. I actually, uh, about, I want to say 2019, I did a handful of, of short MP3, uh, sound bites for a friend of mine. And it was basically like, Hey, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. I, uh,
3: I was actually throwing that around as a consideration, maybe doing some visuals on the uh, – instead of just a straight podcast, something that I could throw on YouTube to have visuals and stuff.
1: Hmm. Right. Well, if you're talking about – in all seriousness, if you're talking about you know the, the, the GM's boot camp, it's sometimes useful to explain <laughs> the monster's point of view because in spite of what we look <laughs> like, we ain't all stupid. It's true.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. Oh, man, I'm excited now.
2: T- time uh, for all of us to go out to Party City and buy the uh, Game Master costume from the old D&D show yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright right, guys I'm going to have to go <laughs> alright talk to you guys later All right, all right later, right.
1: later. Bye. thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th edition a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash C-P-P-N to never miss a show or stream.
3: Hello, this is Eric
2: and Wendy Strock with Stone Valley Hobby and Games.
3: We sell board games, card games, role-playing games, and supplies. We have thousands of Magic the Gathering cards available, carry Kickstarter products, and work with veteran-owned small businesses to bring you our own line of products.
2: We are a small business retailer, but we offer competitive prices, a loyalty system, and free shipping on orders over $100.
3: As a military veteran myself, I'm a strong supporter of our armed forces, their families, and contractors
2: out there doing the hard job. So any order from AA, AE, or EP address will be shipped
1: absolutely free. Remember, StoneValleyGames.com, where we take your leisure seriously.